0: Hey guys, and welcome to Personality Bingo with me, your host, Tom Moran. So this week on the podcast we have the brilliant Anya Nilera. Anya is an actor, a dancer. She does it all. She's going to be in the Fringe Festival at Billy from the 17th to the 22nd of September. Make sure you go and check that out. And as well as that, she's going to be at the Dublin Theatre Festival with my name is Language on the 13th and the 14th of October. Make sure you go check that out on those two websites. I mean they're going to be two incredible festivals, uh, and Anya is really incredible to watch on stage. I've been lucky enough to see her in Neon Western uh, at the Cork Midsummer Festival, as well as that she was really recently in It's Getting harder and harder for me with alice Malciden, uh, sarah baxter uh, at the mac in belfast um, and she's also worked with the abbey theaters one woman show of uh, misha molzer which is based on the play on the stairs. i mean she's done it all factory girls down at the everyman in cork and zoe's playing the arc she's really 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 great as well as a ton of tv credits look i could go on all day but i won't because i want to get onto this deadly deadly chat uh, in other news as i said i'm away uh, doing a little bit of interrail at the moment so uh, a little solo holiday, and uh, a little bit scary, but um, in the good way, it's the good kind of scary, so look, hopefully, uh, while you're listening to this, I haven't deceased, because uh, as I said, I've already recorded them before I went, just in case, you know, I want, this could be the last ever piece of me archived around, so you know, this could be, could be worth millions of euro, and, and finally would have found a way to make money at a personality bingo, and you know, the, the only trick to it was my demise. So, uh, yeah, fuck it. Maybe that's the way to go with it. <laughs> so, look, enough of all that nonsense. I'll chat to you at the end. But first, enjoy the brilliant Armini Mirror playing personality bingo, Tom Tom personality Tom personality On you ready to play personality bingo?
1: I am ready to play personality bingo. All right,
0: sweet. Uh, a quick explanation of how it all works. So I've got 60 minutes on the clock. I've got 60 balls in here and I've got 60 corresponding questions. I've also given you five numbers in that sheet of paper. Would you do me a favour and read out the five?
1: They are 17, 4, 6, 53 and 39.
0: Nice one. Do me another favour. Will you pick a sixth number? Something between one and 60 that's not already there.
1: Um, Nine.
0: Nine, nice one. Any reason?
1: Well, I would have said four, but you've already given me four. So oh, well, it was randomly uh, generated. Why i picking nine? Nine is a magic number, isn't it? Is it three threes? Yeah, it's like a. I think it's a magic number. Are you into all that? I am a bit. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm getting more into it. Really? Which is a bit. Yeah. There's a. Yeah. I'm getting a bit witchy. Any any. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, especially with that laugh after it. Yeah. Any reason?
1: Um, kind of. Um, I was doing a show. Last summer, called Neon Western. And I decided, for whatever reason, that the character... We talked about the character and she was kind of a an in-between... Like, not earthly and not heavenly. And so, like a... Not like a shaman, but something like that. Mm. And so I decided I would, as part of my work, I would start doing tarot cards. So I bought a pack of tarot cards and I, like, pulled a card every day. And then I started getting really into it and and there is a bit of that in my family like Mm. people see ghosts and stuff in my family so I'm kind of trying to lean into it because it's actually um, I think it's that like looking at that level of intuition is really good for actors yeah yeah that's the end of my story about being a witch
0: okay we're gonna gonna, I'm I'm making I'm gonna (laughs) shoehorn that back in later (laughs) Um, (laughs) by the way I should say that if all six of them do come up that means the tables are turned and you can ask me any question I'll give you a totally honest answer
1: has anyone ever managed to do that? no
0: India Mullen got to five that's (sighs) it No one's got the sixth, so it's gonna be it's gonna be unreal. Like, I mean, it statistically what if the, what possibly. If the question
1: is really bad? Uh, that's that that's a bad question. That'd be really disappointing. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, let's give it a spin. All right, first out the gate we have number. Oh my god, it's so faded. Number four. Do you have it? Yes. Woo! Oh, and
1: that was gonna be my number.
0: Oh, the the witch. I oh, know she's gonna <laughs> fuck me. She's gonna get it in the six numbers. I get it. Can boom, boom, boom. Right, you can take that off. Congratulations to you. Number four, the question is, do you consider yourself a jealous person?
1: Um, it depends on the context. Okay. Uh, I'm rarely jealous in relationships. Right. I can be a little bit jealous if I'm feeling insecure, but that's generally if I'm like... It's more if you're not going out with someone and there's all that weirdness. Then I'd be a bit jealous. Uh, and then in terms of work stuff, I used to be really jealous. Um, But now I'm kind of, I kind of try and think about jealousy as being, um, it's a good way of being like, it's not resenting what the other person has, but it's knowing that you'd want it. So it's not envious. So the answer is yes. Actually, that's just the answer is yes.
0: No, no, no. That's a really interesting way to frame it though. Yeah. Because that, I mean, that's just kind of, I mean, because you're just kind of being honest then. You're saying, I really, I really want this. And like they have it, that's that's very human, you know. Yeah, that's yeah. a good instinct.
1: And it's not that I don't want them to have it; it's just that I also want it. Yeah. Um. So maybe healthy jealousy. Sure. But then technically, like the answer is yes. Yeah. I really want it to be no, but it's not.
0: <laughs> no, 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 great. <laughs> and then what about then in terms of but in relationships, like you don't, you don't. So it's it, it's in those grey areas when maybe you're seeing someone or whatever it is, and it, it, it no one's put a name on it or a yeah. label. That's tricky.
1: It's just you don't know what the boundaries are and that's a bit weird and you're just a bit um yeah that's but that's just not fun anyway mm-hmm. so like, I wouldn't get mad jealous I've never I've never acted out
0: but why do people fall in, like why do people fall into that so because how often have you or had a friend. Have you had this discussion? Whether it doesn't matter what side of it you're on, where you end up just having that chat about. I don't know what where we are exactly. Like that is probably so often. E- e- like the most common thing, and I don't think anyone actually enjoys that. It's horrible. Like
1: it's horrible. Yeah. Um. My theory on it is it that it's a uh, generational. That like because our parents, like my dad. I was down in Cork recently. My dad was talking about when he was courting my mum which is the most adorable thing. <laughs> he was like courting her, but like we don't do that and we don't we're not like Americans, we don't do dating. And the boundaries of dates are really strict and they're quite clear in America and in Australia as well. Um but What in, do you mean by that? Like when you're dating someone the understanding is is that you're allowed to date other people. Like you're going for food with people or you're going for drinks with people. You're definitely doing that with other people. And then there's a conversation had where you only see each other. Mm. And that's when it changes. That was my experience of it anyway. Whereas here, we kind of just do this weird thing where we're like ah, I can't, it's I'm actually a bit out of the loop, so I actually don't really know. Um, you're kind of having drinks with someone, but then you're not having drinks with someone, and then you're all all your friends are having drinks with someone, and maybe it's because in our industry we're quite um Incesty is a bit strong but, mm. uh, Do you small, know what I mean It's yeah. small like, yeah, And as so well like
0: One of the things about it Is that I was trying to explain this To someone Not explain it But just like um, Relate it to someone That like When you're Especially like if you're working On a show or whatever And you want to Go on a date with someone Like they're almost Definitely on a 9 to 5 buzz And you're almost Definitely on a like Yeah You know 6 to 11 buzz Yeah and, and then I mean You can't really do anything You know what I mean
1: No No and then turning it Into something else Is really difficult Because Yeah I don't know why yeah, maybe we've just too many options. I think that's what I meant when I said it's like generational, that like with things like Tinder and stuff, we're so used to having the continuous possibility of other things. Yeah. That it makes people less likely to focus on one. Yeah. That's just a theory though.
0: No, no, it, 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 because I think about this all the time, like as in, and I don't, I don't mean this in a, uh, I don't know, I don't even know why I'm filtering it, but like you, you think about, the act of like committing to one person that's a really lovely thing, and we mm. can have really special things within it. But there's always a part of my brain that's like, yes, but if I do that, then I am missing out on all the other things. You know what I mean? Do you? And, and, and
1: yeah. I don't anymore. Ah, okay. Yeah, that's funny though. I
0: do. No, I definitely do.
1: You're going to have such a good time traveling. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm going to be. <laughs> I'm not. I'm. You don't. Well, traveling is so weird, okay? Because like we can actually <laughs> talk about this. Like, traveling is actually very weird because, like, you gotta, you, you're gonna you're saying in like ho- hostel dorms. Even if you were to find someone, and you're like, oh, you're great. We're away on holidays in Europe. Like, let's sleep together. I don't think you can do that. You're in you're in like communal dorms with eight other people.
1: People definitely do that. I,
0: I know they definitely do, but like,
1: it's has gro- like I was gonna say like you're just gross, gonna be like, like on a bottom
0: it. bunk and up above you's gonna be. <coughs> ah,
1: <coughs> ah, that's horrible. Do you know? That's death. Like
0: no. I wonder what I've never done like hostels But it kind of feels like It could be like The Gale Talked with Without like Boys and girls houses
1: I never went to the Gael talks. So you never, never went? No I wasn't allowed oh, But you're such good Irish Is that That's why? That's why Oh yeah because it yeah, was expensive as well Yeah my parents like That's a waste of money Yeah fair And it was fair because I was only wanted to go To get the shift like Yeah totally So I didn't oh, I got. Was, so I didn't get the shift So I was really old Because I didn't go to the Gael
0: <laughs> Were you really old Having your first kiss? Yeah case? What age were you? I was 17 Were you? Yeah That's so old. I know. (laughs) Thanks, Tom. (laughs) It actually is. Yeah, I was. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. That's so interesting. And like, did you, why why did you
0: never kiss someone from home?
1: I don't know, Tom. Maybe no one wanted to kiss me. (laughs) This is horrible. (laughs) I don't know. I was very, uh, I was so like, I was very geeky. I had like huge glasses. I'm wearing the huge glasses now. But now they're trendy huge glasses. But I had massive glasses and This mad frizzy hair. And like where I grew up in Cork, was quite, like, not rough, but it was a very particular look. Yeah. So, like, Nike Air Max and those rip-up and pants that everyone used to wear. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, like, loads of sovereign rings and big gold earrings. That was, like, that was the look. And, like, I'm, I don't, I look ridiculous. Like, this tiny, very pale Irish-speaking girl in this gang. So, I just think I wasn't... I like I feel like even if people did fancy me because of the way you work when you're teenagers they were never going to act on it because I wasn't the right person to fancy. Sure. And I'm very shy. Yeah. I'm I'm naturally shy. So if it's bad now it was worse then.
0: You can always tell yeah. the episodes on I'm good friends with the person because I just don't filter the questions. You like, haven't why?
1: filtered the questions at all. No, but but as well. <laughs> no, but
0: also that's actually that's actually a compliment in a in a and it's not even a backhanded way because like now, like, you like you would fit in, like, very well in, like, our circles now. Do you know what I mean? Like, you you don't look any different to anyone mm. else. But I can totally see what you mean. Like, you definitely don't fit in, like, a gang.
1: No. Like, they were lovely. And I actually was just at a wedding with loads of them. And we had the best time. And they're all solid. But just as, like, and this is purely aesthetic, I just looked ridiculous. Because mm-hmm. I have a real baby face. And, like, kind of sweet-ish, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, like... And my big Nike jumper, and my big, like, O'Neal's. I just looked ridiculous. Like, I wouldn't have shifted me either. <laughs> Did you feel like a <laughs> phony? Yeah. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, I felt like an outsider, yeah. It's big r- time.
0: It's really funny. I feel like, I was thinking about this today. I, I, I kind of am, um, you know, Blind Boy and his podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I like it, but I don't, you know, some people love it. I don't love it, but I do really like it. Like, I think he's a very fascinating guy. Yeah. But I was like, Blind Boy is kind of for, like, School bullies who've reformed themselves. Like I feel like I'm being very, I'm being very specific. <laughs> but I feel like that's his target audience. <laughs> like you know what I mean. And now who kind of want to write poems about how they've recovered. I'm being an arsehole now. Yeah, but like, yeah, but it's great. But it's kind of like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, because he, he, he kind of appeals to. I don't know. I I'm, I
1: actually kind of know what you mean. I think you're being really harsh. I'm mean, being so harsh. You are, but, but for harsh. the sake of comedy, like great. <laughs> I really good. like Blind
0: Boy. I think he's amazing. He is amazing. But um, but like he does like at like, it like, I don't know. Like the lowest common denominator is, is just a really funny like thing for me. <laughs> like I just, I just picture them with their like Nike. Airs max whatever like you know packed away in boxes and like in the attic and
1: like they're a great shoe like in all fairness yeah. they're a great shoe do you know what I mean I want to get to number 6 yeah right so let, let's, I'm going to make you ask me another question give it a spin okay
0: here we go number 58 do you have it no 53 no worries number 58 in terms of artistic creation what drives you to do what you do Uh um, Because you do a few different things, I mean, between, like, sure, an actor is probably, like, the main one, but between, like, even, then, like, you kind of can focus and dance and and voiceover and all sorts of different things. Is there, like, a common thread that, like, you can say, like, this is what my vision is or this is what I want people to feel Uh, when they see me do things?
1: That's a tricky one because I'm kind of in flux with that stuff at the moment, so it's a bit weird. Um, I used to write a bit. Um, maybe about two years ago. I was writing yeah. quite a lot and I'm really trying to go back to it. And you did some great uh, articles.
0: Thanks. Really times. great. The, the, the one in particular, and you're going to have to remind me about it, but it was just a particularly honest thing about like, break up slump. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was really brilliantly written. I
1: got a lot of feedback on that. Well, That's because it I was brilliant. Of what thanks. was it, if people want to find it? um, Oh God, I don't know if the magazine is online anymore. It was for a magazine called The Coven. um, And the writer, the editor was... Oh, I can't remember. It was called the coven, see, so ah, uh, which is also a witchy thing. I know. I was gonna, um, and it was about it was about uh, the relationship between what you wear. I was using, oh god, a metaphor. Uh, I was using the concept of like what we wear relates to where we're at in a breakup because mm-hmm. I had gone through a particularly vicious breakup at the time Um, but yeah so I did at that time write loads and I was really getting loads out of it and I just kind of fell out of it and I'm trying to get back into it so that question is actually really tricky because I don't know the answer Mm. I think generally speaking um, as an actor I feel like it's about connection Mm. I feel like it's the idea of a big group of people coming together to share an experience and that it's the actor's job to get out of the way as much as possible to facilitate that experience in the best way possible. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, it does, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think that's generally... I think connection in general is one of the things I'm really interested in, and community. Yeah. And, yeah, that's all I've got. I don't know.
0: When so you go to the theatre and the times like that, it really sticks out in your mind. Mm. Like what, what? Like, what do you go for?
1: Um... What do you mean? Like is it is it the same thing? What am thing? I looking for? Yeah. Uh, I love when you're in the theatre and there's a moment and it's kind of like when you're performing as well. It's like you're watching something and it's like, it's either like deep sea diving and it's like you've suddenly gone way underwater or it's like when, you know when you're in the cinema and the Dolby Digital, I can never say that, Dolby Digital sur- surround sound comes up. It's like, wow. Mm. It's like everything kind of, um, I don't know how to explain this. Merges, or there's a there's a there's a different depth that becomes to everything, and it's I think it's when the when the audience and the actors and the play itself are in synchronicity with each other, and they're kind of moving together in a very undefinable way. Mm. Oh, jeez that's bad.
0: <laughs> no, but it is. It's hard. It's hard to talk uh, about.
1: It is. It's really hard to talk about because it's a sensation. It's not a. It's not um it's not a verbal thing yeah I don't think yeah yeah
0: yeah big time right let's give it another listen. <laughs> alright here we go number six yes oh
1: f- sorry that was really overexcited fuck
0: this is really good I'm gonna you? start thinking of a question oh my god this is mm, this is really more
1: and you're going down
0: <laughs> if you couldn't do what you're doing right now as an actor I suppose what career would you be pursuing
1: I really wanted to be a house painter when I was younger really yeah like, in, like painting houses
0: Wow and like was your when you thought about yourself doing that were you thinking about yourself like is in just doing like block colors like you know of like oh this wall was going to be turquoise this one's going to be white were you thinking of like designs and like
1: not like really dull i had this really cute image of myself cuz i didn't want to go to college yeah. at all Um, And so my idea was (laughs) that I would set up a women-only painting business. I'd be, like, real cute and dungarees and, like, maybe little plats carrying around my ladder and, like, going to women's houses and painting them so they wouldn't feel weirded out by men coming into their houses, which is unfair because I don't know any stories about weird painter People coming into women's houses and freaking them out.
0: Yeah, it also sounds like the best setup for a lesbian porn movie you've ever, ah, ever heard.
1: T- <laughs> it totally does. I'm sorry. Oh my god. I'm sorry.
0: Like one of us is just being honest here. The other one's delusional. The other person
1: did not think about that at all in her 18 year old self. Thanks very much. <laughs> does. All right. Okay. Well, Tom, you can do with that whatever you want. Well, uh that was my idea. And it's because it was like I could listen to whatever music I wanted and it's like a really physical job and I don't really like very heady jobs. Mm. Um like I did well in school, but that stuff just didn't really suit me. Yeah. That's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be a house painter.
0: And so how did it come that you did go to college and I think you ended up enjoying
1: it? Yeah, mostly. Okay. Um I got into Trinity. I um applied for the acting course, which was the BAS, which then later on became the Lair. 'Cause I closed down the BAS and then reopened it yeah. under the banner of the lair. And they only took twelve and it was like so I, I applied and I didn't think I'd get it and I did. And then suddenly suddenly I did want to go to college. Um and that is how I went to college, much to the delight of my parents who were both teachers.
0: Sure. But what then what was the in when I asked you and enjoyed it mo- and you said mostly?
1: Ah, uh, acting college is hard, yeah. Tom. Jeez. Like everyone knows that. It's really it really, um, it really skins you. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think I was left very raw afterwards because it really it asks a lot of you. There's only so many of you in the year. It's just tough. It was just tough. And I was very young. I was the youngest in my year, I think. And I just don't think I had the life experience to look after myself emotionally. Sure. So it was never anything to do with anyone else I was in college with. It was just... I think I was just a bit vulnerable and I think I didn't know how to take care of myself. And I think... I think maybe it's changing now actually talking to some people in the lair and other acting courses but that the resources weren't there to teach actors how to take care of their mental health and that's hard Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it's very irresponsible if I'm honest with you yeah um so yeah that's that was hard yeah
0: do you ever think you would have been a better actor or come out like come into the industry stronger if you hadn't gone to acting college and you'd just gone about another way whatever that way might have been
1: um, I probably would have had less self doubt. I probably would have believed in myself a bit more, yeah. particularly at a younger age. Um, I think for whatever whatever way I experienced college, left me feeling very unsure of myself for a long time. Um, so maybe,
0: mm. yeah. Well, and and when did that unsureness start to um, fade away?
1: Two or three years out of it. Yeah, when I just started getting work off off my own back. I think. That's, right. Yeah.
0: That's what it was It was as practical as that
1: It was really practical Yeah it was It was just in the doing of it Um,
0: And if you were to go back to you Like if you had that facility To like actually sit you down Who'd just come out Like what would Like would you have Anything that you could say Or do you think that That's just part of the process
1: uh, Make some friends Who are not actors Yeah Because that was literally All I had I'd moved up from Cork And all I had was the course And that was my life Mm -hmm. That's really unhealthy And go see a counsellor Just go Go see a counsellor Yeah ASAP Yeah that's about it And yeah. maybe don't drink so much
0: <laughs> They're all good Just general <laughs> things just good general life rules yeah, 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 I'm yeah. still
1: trying to learn those <laughs>
0: Stop Right Here we go Let's go again okay. Uh, okay Number 35 Do you have it? 39 Okay no worries Number 35 The question is How do you feel about being The age you currently are? Mm.
1: You don't say your age If you want I'm not yeah, okay. uh, I have a really Funny relationship With my age <laughs> uh I play much younger than I am. Yeah. And I always have. And now that that's starting to go a bit, I find that really challenging. Looks wise, as a person actually, I think I'm the best I've ever been. And I feel like I know myself really well and I've done lots of work on myself and actually I feel really capable and really present, but looks wise I find that really challenging and definitely I say that as if I'm like but I definitely I think in the industry because I've played so young for so long and so much younger mm. that I'm just a bit more attached to it than I'd like to be. Yeah. So, conflicted is the answer.
0: Yeah, it is a really weird thing. H- have there been certain, like, do y- do you have different relationships with, like, can you look back on, on your years and say, like, for example, like, 22 was a great year, like, 26 was a crap yeah. year. Do you have that? Yeah,
1: I do. I am one of those people, definitely.
0: Yeah. Like for you? I, I, well, not... Uh, previously i would have said no but i turned 25 recently i don't like it
1: Aww, don't like Tom. it don't 26 is a much better age
0: yeah much better age that's the age i am yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> no but it's t- i don't like 25 i don't know what it is it's a bit it's a bit pointy for me or something like it and it feels i maybe it is cuz it's a quarter of a century i don't know what it is but there's something about it like yeah. you you're, you're very much out of your your early 20s, you know what I mean? Like, y- you could probably, like, say no,
1: I thought 25 was weird. Yeah, 25 makes sense to me as a weird age. Yeah, I definitely, I loved 26, I loved 27. I wouldn't know about any of the other ages. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yes. I'm gonna see, that's what I mean. I do, I have a really ridiculous, like, that's absurd. What I'm doing is absurd. Yeah. In terms of my age, that's ridiculous that I would even make that. No,
0: turn. but, like, I understand it, especially because you, if you associate, like, you know, y- y- like youth with work, then, like, it, as, I mean, as we all get older, like we get further, further away from youth. Yeah. So, like I mean, that. I oh, can like see, how that's scary. Two
1: years ago, I played a fifteen-year-old. Yeah, that's absurd. Like it's brilliant. Uh, but like you know what I mean. So that's that's really tricky. Like it was a really pay- well-paying gig. It was with the Abbey, and I played a fifteen-year-old.
0: Yeah, but that's I can also see how you like look way closer to straighten fifteen as well. Thanks, Tom. No, but I do you think, know what I mean? Like Yeah, uh,
1: yeah, yeah. No, but
0: you, I do. You do have you do absolutely have something very youthful about you, but like I also because you see as a person, like like there's a even just the way you're speaking now, like there's mm. a real awareness and a maturity to the way you speak. So like it it, it can be a case as well that sometimes I feel that like with actors all the time. It's like that their maturity or their like their intellectual capability or something doesn't match their physical look. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I
1: think that happens loads. And I think it really works against people and it's really unfair. Yeah. Um, but that's the industry.
0: Because some people just match up so well. Like, yeah. and you, do you know, like, who's a really like good example who's good to talk about? Because it, it doesn't matter what you say about him because he's a movie star. But Barry Keoghan, like, yeah. he's a really good example of someone who just he has like his energy. Like, he's obviously an incredible actor. Oh, he's so good. He's so good. Oh. But like, th- he's got that youthful thing about him. Like, I'm fascinated to see how he ages because he's he's an incredible actor no matter what. But like, he re- I feel like he where he wherever he is in his life really seems to suit the way he looks as well.
1: Yeah. That makes sense to me. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, it definitely does. That there, makes there's lot of
0: sense. People like that. Whereas then like someone like you know, someone like Mo Dunford, for example. Mm. I, I don't know him, but I just know his work. And like he's someone who's like he just grew into like being such a brilliant, like handsome leading man. Yeah, he did. You know he what did. I mean? In his like late twenties I assume, yeah. or mid to late twenties, you know? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. like I, you can see that in people, you know what I mean? And then you yeah, can also see in people when they haven't hit their thing.
1: And that's so frustrating for them because it's like, it's not that you're not good enough and it's not that you don't have the thing. It's just like your face hasn't caught up with you or you haven't caught up with your face or there's something. And it's really, it's really frustrating for people. And I see it. I, there's one or two, particularly actresses I know, who I I don't understand why they're not working more. And I really do think it's down to that stuff. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's tough.
0: Which is so tricky. Yeah. Right. Let's yeah. give it a spin. Alright, here we go. Number forty three. Do you have it? Nah, not even close. <laughs> Number forty three. Question <laughs> is Have you ever or would you ever consider seeing a fortune teller? I have, yeah. Yeah. Well, you were you saying some of that stuff's kinda in your family?
1: Uh not the fortune telling stuff. People see ghosts in my family. Mm. Um, but in terms of a I went to see a fortune teller. She was really crap actually Uh, I went down to see the one in Kinsale because two people I know had gone to her and said these amazing things about her and I went to her and I was really all up for it I was really open for it and I went and she was nuts she at one point told me that I shouldn't be an actor because the real actors were uh, people like Obama and whoever was the Prime Minister uh, of the UK at the time because they were actors because actually they're liars And actors are liars. And she started going off on this mad one about, like, a little bit about aliens. A little bit. I just, I was like, I didn't know what to do with it. And I was just sitting there and it was just getting madder and madder. And I think some of it was because, like, I think, I think the, the way a lot of fortune tellers work is that they're reading cues off people and they're, you know, they're reading body language and the people who are the most reactive are the ones that it works out the best for because you have something to work with then. And it wasn't that I was being unreactive on purpose or I was trying to undermine it, I guess, though that there was a part of me that was curious to see what she would come out with if I gave her less. Yeah. And the less I gave her, the more bats it got. And it was, it was really surreal. It was really properly. And she was coming out with, like, the people she was seeing around me and... Uh, there was a there was a, some story she made up about a, a I'm not saying she made it up, uh something about a a man who was a brother and I like went home and asked my parents because maybe it was nothing nothing, mad stuff. Oh well, she didn't do a man there was another. She was saying that I had another brother that that maybe my grandmother had another brother. Right. I can't remember that bit because the aliens bit was too much. That was Jesus. I lost after that. I'm like so how much how much did you pay her? I don't even want to talk about it. Was it? It was probably over 60 euros. Yeah. To be told that Obama is an alien. (laughs) Breaking lots. Jesus Christ. It was nuts. Wow. And I would go again though. That's the worst part. Yeah, would you? I would, out of curiosity. It's gas.
0: What are the things you'd want to know? I know it doesn't work like that, but what are the things you're curious about what's going to happen to you?
1: Uh, I think it's like anyone, you want to know how your career is going to go and how your love life is going to go. That's all anyone ever asks, isn't it? I think so. You know. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Those are the things I find myself asking my tarot cards. <laughs> yeah, so
0: what's your relation to them? Do you still use them? I do, yeah. And how do they work? So you you ask the question.
1: Uh I depends. Uh so I generally pull one every day and um do you know what? It's just about like if you're like interested in symbology or like it's you look at an image. What I do is I look at the image. Certain things come to mind. You kinda it's like meditating, you like clear your mind. Certain things come to mind. You're just looking at what you see and interpreting it. Mm-hmm. There's nothing I don't think there's anything else to it. Yeah. And you're just allowing that to maybe inform you a bit. Mm -hmm. I have had, but like that said, I have had weird stuff happen. Like I've had a, there was a, a, like a breakup of a, a not very serious relationship, but a relationship um, a while back. And at one point, and it was absolutely the right thing to do. I was in really no two minds about it. But a few days later he'd come back and was, it was a, will we give it another go? And I was a bit, you know the way you are you're like did I make the wrong decision I pulled a card and it was a I cannot believe I'm telling the story it was a very specific card that represents a fear of change What was and it? it was called a tower card uh, and it's a card that's about being afraid of change it's like a, there's an earthquake shaking a tower right and I was about like sometimes they're too pertinent yeah and that's like that's not a that's not a thing that I've made up that's like if you read any of the books that's what that card means So they can be a bit weird, and sometimes if you ask the same question too many times, you'll get the same card over and over again. And like, I don't like. What are the possibilities of that? Yeah, that's bizarre. Um, yeah. I feel mental. No, 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 (laughs) no, 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 no. no. It's cool. It is. It's interesting. It's a different part of your brain. Yeah. Like, what is it? We use ten percent of our. I have no idea. Like a little percent of our brain, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah. So like, there's a whole other thing and like intuition and some consciousness and stuff it's just tapping into that yeah, yeah 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 it's cool big time all right let's give it a spin okay okay
0: here we go number seven do you have it no number seven uh what is an achievement that you're most proud of oh it's a new question
1: it's a new question kind yeah. of hard one to answer i know because but like
0: feel free to remove that filter that doesn't want to say what you're actually thinking
1: do you know what the most thing i'm proud of the the most thing, the thing I'm most proud of doing is going to counselling. Really, that was a really big deal for me. Yeah.
0: What age did you first I, go? Or like, how? Like, I when did you first go?
1: Going three years ago, maybe. Mm. Uh, and it was the thing I should have really done a long time ago. Sure. Like, really, really, genuinely, should have gone. Um, and it was a real game changer, and it was really scary, and I'd recommend it to anyone. But I think it's the it's the thing that's made the most difference to me, uh, as an adult, and I. Yeah, I'm really proud of myself for going and and sticking with it and really doing the work. I really did the work.
0: What what are the tangible differences that has made to you as an adult?
1: Uh, I'm not mental.
0: Were you mental? I
1: was well mental. Is, I, I know, you're not supposed to use that word. I was. I was pretty. I uh, very anxious and a lot of. Um, I was quite self-destructive. Mm-hmm. A lot of very unhealthy habits. Um, yeah, I. It's a hard one to talk about. No, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah no, it, but I mean it what's like we I, funny um Amelia just did the episode yeah. before you and we were talking about the exact same thing. Yeah. And we were saying like how it's one of them things that makes you so sad when you know someone who like got to the place where they You know, things were at a point where like I do really need to talk to someone and like which is a really hard thing to do. And then they went and they didn't find the right person or they found someone who was kinda shit at it and they just couldn't go back. That's the worst. They couldn't like we're just like it's like it's like that bad relationship to you, like, I've never been with someone again. Because you just can't open your heart to do it because it's so vulnerable to go that first time. I'm sorry, I'm recreating the conversation, but it's just it's too interesting. And they say, So what's brought you here today? Like the most terrifying question in the world. How Uh, do you even answer that? You
1: can't start I had one of those that's when I I did try and go, I did try and go years ago. And I told this whole story, and it was it was full on, and uh, she basically told me that I should drink less, and I just was like, I I just had no, I really was like, that's that's your answer to my problem, that that's it, that's all you've got, and I I didn't go back then for years, and yeah, I totally, it's really tragic, yeah. Or when you know people who really could benefit from it, and just just are like, oh, that's not for me,
0: yeah, I know. Well, it's so scary,
1: it is. and that's why I like I think it's really important to talk about it because when I started going I started telling people I really made a decision about it and then I was saying it to people and people I knew were like oh yeah I do that too and I was raging I was fucking raging I was like if I'd known that all these really normal people I know do this I would have gone years ago Mm. and saved myself so much heartache Mm. I was furious. So like, (laughs) God, I'm still furious. Yeah. Uh, So I think it's really important to be very, and to normalise it.
0: Totally. Well, that's so funny. That's what I was saying to Amy just walking down the stairs there. I was saying to her, it's like, you know, I th- I've said this in the podcast before. People come up to me and they're like, oh, "I love your mental health podcast," and to me, this is absolutely not a mental health podcast. Like, do you know <laughs> what I mean? This is me like slagging you for being seventeen. We got the shift. Do you know what I mean? It's not a mental health podcast at all.
1: I'm gonna talk to my counselor about that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's the opposite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put you into counseling, but um. But it's so funny, I think you're right, like, if, you, if, if, you know, th- there is a space created where, like, people do feel comfortable enough to say that, it just makes everyone kind of go, yeah, like, they just don't feel alienated anymore.
1: Yeah, and, and it's that's not weird, it's and it's simple. not weird, Yeah, it's not weird to go.
0: No, it's kind of more weird to not go, in a way, like, and I'm, I would absolutely not judge someone who doesn't want to go, doesn't feel, like that. that's totally fine, but, like, at the same time, like, going and talking to someone who you're literally paying to be there, and you can be, like, I am an, with my therapist. Like I am are you? I'm the absolute like worst version of myself in a really good way cuz that's where I get the most me like, I don't filter myself at all. Yeah. I'll tell her the exact truth If I think she's like not doing a good job I'll be like
1: what what what, what oh, are you wow. doing?" Yeah yeah. My is a ball breaker. Okay. Oh, she's a like <laughs> Like you wouldn't fuck with her, like yeah. No, my my yeah, mine I'm is afraid of her.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. my my is like she's very good, but like we have a we have a good relationship in that way. Like I like sometimes I just like to her. Yeah, like, I'm like I think you're letting me off a little bit easily here. Oh, I like I, do you know what I mean? Because I think, but that's probably your own like guilt or shame about yeah. things, you know. It's, that's probably like, and then she'll just use that against me. They
1: use everything against her. Yeah. They're like your parents.
0: <laughs> it's great. Yeah. I love it so much. <laughs> I love it so much. Right. Will we give another spin. Yeah. Here we go. All right. Number 21. Do you have it? No. Okay. No worries. Number 21. The question is uh, let's workshop it together because it's a tough question. An appropriate title for your. Autobiography
1: Ah oh, Jesus That's really hard
0: No there was a really funny one About <laughs> the aliens <God>. earlier Because <laughs> There was something really funny About aliens that sounded like When you're talking about The, uh, the, the um, medium or whatever The fortune teller Yeah She's like It was aliens It was It was something it like It was that. aliens it was <laughs> Maybe <laughs> <Or> Something <laughs> like that
1: I don't know Can I get out of this question By saying I wouldn't write An autobiography Would you not I don't think so No I don't think so. I think you've
0: had a pretty interesting life.
1: It's interesting enough. <laughs> do, you, do you think everyone
0: could write a, like an autobiography worth reading or just some people? I who, do, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I do. Um Well then.
0: We don't have to pick one. No, because that is that is it's no the question is always just a jumping off point. But that is interesting that like like do you think have you ever judged like do you have any friends, for example, who've like ever decided to write like an autobiography or their memoirs or something? And you just like have that flash of judgment being like, Yeah, your life's not that interesting.
1: Uh I don't, but I bet I would. Yeah, yeah. I bet I would. I'd probably have a flash of it and then be like, be more terrible on you. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can be a bit of a judgy weapon sometimes. Just flashes of it.
0: So what was the thing that s- made you stop writing the articles?
1: Uh, the magazine stopped going as much. And then, honestly, my computer is really crap. And I know that's an excuse for something else. I, I think I got I just got a bit stuck. I just got a bit stuck and I didn't know what to write about. Mm. Um, and I was acting a lot at the time, so I didn't need to... I didn't have an itch to scratch. Sure. Um. So... Yeah. I, I guess I just didn't feel like at the time I'd anything I wanted to write about. Yeah. That's a lot of it.
0: Is that a real thing for you that, like, do you feel like a creative person and it doesn't necessarily matter what medium you're filtering it through once it's being filtered through something...
1: Uh, like does writing
0: give you the same feeling as acting?
1: It doesn't give me the same feeling it It definitely hits the same spot, but it doesn't give me the same feeling okay um
0: C- could you ever see a universe where you don't act and you just write or you like just did one or the other
1: i'd lo- if I could just act all the time, I'd be delighted yeah, that'd be much better. yeah, I'd love that mm-hmm. but I think what it is is that I'm realizing that in between jobs, I'm not getting the same. Stuff I need and that if I don't start writing again, it's going to be, it's just, I'm just, it's going to be not good for me and that it, it's kind of like going to the gym. Mm. Like It's not like I love going to the gym, but when I'm there, I'm really in it and it really, it's really good for me and it really serves me. And I think I'm starting to realise that actually when I write, when I'm acting, I get that automatically. I don't need to look for it. But when you're acting, you're in rehearsals, so like that's all structured for you. Sure. Um, Whereas it's when I'm not in rehearsals that I'm not... I'm not getting that something's not being fed. Yeah. And I'm starting to realise that actually if I bring back writing into my life, just even if it's just for myself, that'll really serve me. Mm. I think that's kind of where I am at with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, When you hit publish on a thing... Like, especially, like, we were talking about that article that was particularly vulnerable, mm. you know, post-breakup and whatever. Um, Do you get the fear? No. No? Because it's out there then. Yeah. It's just done. Yeah.
1: I get the fear writing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but once it's out, it's out and you can't do anything about us. Yeah. Um, And how people react to it is none of your business. Yeah. That's generally my take on it. Mm-hmm. And I try and be the same with my acting. That, like, you do the best job you can on stage and you do the best job you can in the rehearsal room. What people take from it is really out of your control, actually.
0: What's your relationship to reviews been?
1: I really try hard not to read them. They're really bad for me. Are you successful? (laughs) Yeah, mostly. Yeah. Yeah, mostly. I had a really horrible experience when I was in college where a reviewer came to see a show and I had a a lead part in it and he reviewed every... (laughs) I can't believe... He reviewed every other actor on stage except me. And it was devastating, and I thought I was really good in it, and I'd gotten gorgeous feedback. So like, either he thought he had, or he'd forgotten. But I, I've never forgotten it, and I just couldn't do it ever again to myself. Yeah, I was heartbroken, heartbroken, and so embarrassed.
0: Well, and especially when you're in drama school, because I think you're still, even though I think I got out of it by the end of it. But like, you're still in that like kind of like pleasing teacher mode oh, a little yeah. bit, like you, you know. A lot of people are anyway. Uh, I there, there was certainly an element of that there for me, yeah, cause,
1: you and know. you're kind of competing against each other, I suppose a little bit. um maybe I was. maybe everyone else wasn't. um, but yeah, i was I was devastated and really embarrassed, and I just decided I would never do that again to myself.
0: Do you have that thing where you feel like you're competing against people? Well, I mean, because I mean, in theory, yeah. you are I mean, yeah. especially like, <laughs> you know we, it was funny again, we had about this but Amy's like she she was saying that the best person always gets the job. That's been her experience. But, like, that doesn't necessarily take away the fact that there are other people who could get the job. Yeah. You know, if, if you know, there are, let's say, like, eight people going in for a role. In theory, you are all...
1: Like, you're all right for it in different ways. Yeah, yeah you're I all would all really believe that. Yeah. Yeah, now I've worked really hard to get there. And when I was younger, maybe I wouldn't have, and I would have been more competitive. But now, I would be very, like, the right person gets the job and actually... Sometimes it's forces that are completely out of your control like how you walk or the natural energy you have just brings something to a part that no one else does and it illuminates it in a different way or vice versa. It's another actor does that. Mm-hmm. You can't control that theref- and neither can they. So then it's not a competition. Yeah. Um, I, I work really hard on that attitude though. Yeah. That's a, It's a difficult one to maintain. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I do. I yeah, really yeah. try. Especially because the older I get like I can't I can't speak for actors for male actors cuz I don't know but like the older I get and the the actresses that I'm around at the moment and the ones who are working like it's just there's this amazing community and an amazing sense of support and I think people have really tried to foster that and and I think it's better for everyone Totally I, I think it's better for everyone
0: I don't yeah. I I really do not find like I I'm sure everyone has their frustrations about you know, acting or the industry or Dublin or whatever it might be, but I do not find it in any way, like, bitchy amongst actors or actresses. I've never found that. No. Really, like, I honestly.
1: No, I don't think so. I think maybe when I was a little bit younger, I would read into things and maybe it's possibly did feel like I was in competition with people. Mm-hmm. But that's, like, rightly or wrongly. That was probably my stuff. Mm. Whereas now we really don't. Mm. um, And it's better that way.
0: Yeah, it is. It yeah. is. It's really good. It yeah, yeah, it feels like there's a lot of just good people around, like, and nice people and yeah you know it's nice okay let's give another spin all right here we go number 17 do you have it yes
1: i do have 17 oh
0: shit okay i don't know has anyone got this many this quickly this is really good and what we've, time d- are we? we've still got 25 minutes left
1: oh tom you're going down lad what was it number
0: 17 yeah number 17 the question is uh meditation mindfulness exercise therapy are these things that you do do you do these uh, day-to-day to stay healthy
1: yeah, I'm yeah, so I go to I go to counseling. So I went for a long time every week. Now I don't need to go as much cuz yeah. I'm pretty well equipped with the tools and I'm in a really good place. So I kind of go every 2 to 3 weeks. Meditation I don't do at all cuz I'm just appalling at it. Mm-hmm. Um I try and do yoga quite regularly. I try and go to the gym minimum once a week. Mindfulness, is that the same as meditation? Yeah, I think it is. I try. I do. I do try and be mindful. I guess I do try and um, be present. I work really hard at being present because mm. I have a very active um, brain, so it's it's good for me to try and do that stuff.
0: Well, what when you say try to be present, what does that actually look like?
1: Um, <laughs> do you want me to make the face? <laughs> Please. Um, it looks like it's like really being in your body and being like behind your eyes Mm -hmm. does that make sense Mm -hmm. it's like a very physical um, sensation it's very sensation based yeah does that yeah yeah. it does no I completely understand
0: and then so when you're not being that when you're being Mm. I don't know what the distant or you're thinking in the future or your head's in the past right around might be what does that look like are you you're not igno- you're ignoring the things that are around it's you like or? neck up it's yeah. like
1: in my brain sure and i have a i uh yeah i have quite a um i think very quickly i think i experience time in a of different i've been talking to someone about this recently i like i find a day to be very long mm. like i can fill a lot of like thoughts and stuff like that and and a week is forever but I think it's because my brain is a bit um, like chattery maybe mm. that this I'm probably talking about this and everyone is like we all feel like that don't you're not special no no I don't feel like that do you not no I definitely don't I can't like the concept of two weeks like that's that's forever I like so much can happen in two weeks yeah. So I think it's I think it's to do with but when I'm more settled in myself, and if I'm more in my body, and if I if I do my yoga and I do all my bits, and I'm a really good girl, uh, then it's not so bad.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. That, like, so for you, does like so you know if I was to say to you like, you know you know that the the, the question of like where do you see yourself in in five years or something like can you even comprehend five no. years? No, I
1: can't. I don't. I. Uh, it's it's too uh, far too many things can happen i find those questions really challenging mm.
0: um well, i mean that's good because that that would seem to me that that's like that even that like let's call that a disorder for a moment like and that's pushing yeah. you but that's a, like that's a good thing in the sense that that's kind of forcing you to be present in the sense that you if you can't comprehend like long periods ahead that kind of is forcing you closer and closer to the present
1: I I it's well yes and no. It's like I constantly have to be slowing myself down cuz I'm like racing ahead all the time. Like my brain is moving so fast that it's and it's this kind of constant. Maybe it's like the battle between those that makes things feel long. So are
0: you a decisive person?
1: Uh yes and no. <laughs> 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 it depends. It depends on the topic. Yeah. Uh I'm really good at like if things have to get done. Yeah and they're tasks that are not like really important to me and they're not like really in my heart I'm brilliant at that I can I can fire through that shit I'm amazing at it if it's something that really means the world to me and it's really and it makes me feel a bit vulnerable I'm a really good procrastinator okay I think that's a very normal thing yeah I think so too yeah I think I'm probably a bit more decisive than I realise
0: yeah um yeah hmm interesting yeah let's be decisive go for another spin yeah All right, number 42, do you have it? No. Okay, number 42. The question is, if there was one thing you could change about Ireland, what would it be?
1: The homelessness problem. Mm. I think it's horrific. I think it's... I don't understand... I don't understand how we can live... with it. I don't... It makes no sense to me. Like, I remember the first time I saw a homeless person in Cork. Like, that's insane. Like, the fact that, like, I, I was... That doesn't mean they weren't there, but I know that. So my mom used to work with Simon. So I know that I think maybe 10 years ago, the number of homeless people in Cork was something like eight. It was minuscule. And it was people who were in a very specific place and just couldn't be or didn't want to be rehabilitated. And that was a very specific thing. And so I remember the first time seeing someone begging on the streets in Cork and it was when I'd come back from Dublin. So I'd gotten really used to seeing it on the streets of Dublin, particularly on O'Connell Street. Mm. I remember seeing it in Cork and being really frightened by it because I just didn't know. I didn't know what it meant and I didn't know what it meant for the country. And I don't understand I don't understand how landlords can sleep at night. I, honest to God, I'm like, how do you sleep at night charging people the rent that you sleep, the rent that you charge them? Because they're compounding this problem and I find it. And I suppose it's things like, this is kind of a tricky thing to say, like we were amazing at marching for gay rights and for abortion and we were really active. But I wonder, there's something about homelessness that it's not a, it's not a sexy issue. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not It's a really hard sell It requires a lot of people It's a really big deal But we just don't seem to be As a country As invested In Doing anything about it We don't even seem angry Yeah I don't And I don't understand that at all I'm going to die on this hill. Uh, yeah, I feel really strongly about us. Yeah, well, I think what's really interesting about it is I think, like, on one level, you would think
0: that homelessness, out of all of those issues, would actually require, like, the least amount of empathy because mm. you literally, like, is in it's not like, you know, a gay marriage, you're like, well, I'm not gay. I'm not gay. I don't. So, yeah. you know, like, so that yeah. requires empathy because, you know, it's not like, whereas homelessness, it's literally you or me. Like, it, you can't differentiate it. Now, the only thing then is, I think people then will start to look for things like, well, they must have made mistakes, you know? Like. Oh, yeah. And then, and, and obviously then when you see people who are, whether it be like, you know, you know, IV drug users or, or, um, yeah. or alcoholics, then it's very easy to go, well, you know, they made their, their bed now to lie in it. Pardon the terrible fucking um, use of words, but do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's like, it's very weird that people, because you're right, it's it's absolutely outrageous. It's insane, and it's so prevalent, and especially in the winters when it gets really oh, cold. It's
1: just I my theory on it is is that the reason why we're so unwilling to engage with it is because do you know this idea of like collective memory? Mm-hmm. There's so that there's like this collective memory, and it's quite a common theory that like because of things like the famine and like what happened to our ancestors, there's a collective memory of losing land and losing ground, and we're so afraid of that that when we think about it. We just, we just dig in deeper. We just can't look at it because it's too, like, it's absolutely my greatest fear. Mm. My biggest fear is ending up homeless. homeless. Mm. It's like, and I, th- I don't, yeah. And then I think I'm going to get all on my political high horse now. I just, and I think Fina Gael are playing a really dangerous game, a really, a really destructive game of, like, playing to the middle class and making them feel safe. Mm-hmm. Because they already feel threatened, and so people will vote for them because Fine Gael are promising them houses, and it's just going to get worse. And I think because certain ministers in Fine Gael were in favour of uh, making abortion legal, it's people are like lauding them for it, and and their politics suck balls mm-hmm. sorry that's I fucking hate Phoenix so much yeah
0: <laughs> yeah How? Do you, do you, are you a very political
1: I come from a very political family sure yeah very political and like is it ever something that you could have gone into no I don't have the ability to b- debate that you need I don't have the um I'm too emotional right like you know like I was getting a bit weepy there talking about the homelessness stuff I d- and you can't do that as a politician you have to be able to Take yourself out of it yeah. with empathy, but like I, I, you know, my brother's a politician. I, yeah, I don't know how he does it. Yeah,
0: yeah. Do do you like, yeah? W- what what do you feel when when like it's kind of one of those big days for your brother where like it's coming to elections and like counts. Like how invested are you in that?
1: Very. He's my brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, but like, and he's an amazing politician. Sure, he's amazing. He's really, really invested in the community. I'm really proud of him. He has such amazing morals he's so selfless he's in it for all the right reasons like i really believe in him i think he's really i'm very proud of him yeah i'm gonna have a (laughs) crush
0: yeah no but it's funny but like because i can't like i i think it's very it's again it's just a very vulnerable thing to do isn't it to put yourself out there and be like this is what i believe i I believe i'm doing this for the right reasons because i mean yeah i i here's a question for you like you believe that about your brother do you believe that about most politicians or do you think he's uh, like a rarity
1: Uh, I really want to believe it about most politicians and I do think that like I'm definitely I do try and believe in the best of people so I do think that let's say 80% of particularly local politicians are really just doing their best they're really trying to serve their community they really think they can make a difference like, why else would you do it? It's actually quite a miserable job and it's That's really true. hard. Like, the money's all right, like, but you don't get any holidays. It's it's a really difficult job. And you're required to be a, in the public eye all the time and you're open to serious criticism. I then also do think that, that there are people who are career politicians and who are in it for the money and who are in it for the power and who are only interested in serving themselves and big business. <laughs> Fina <laughs> Gail. <Miguel. laughs> Sorry, I won't do it again. This
0: podcast is brought to you by Finnegan. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was once asked to do a voiceover for the one I turned it down. Did you? Yeah, I did. Well, that's very good. I I couldn't. Yeah, I like. There's loads of things I do voiceovers for. Loads of things. Not that.
0: Have you ever done voiceover for something really weird? Uh, like a vibrator, like voiceover.
1: No, but I did one in Irish about like the history of rivers. Hmm. Hmm. I know, right? <laughs> And I couldn't, I didn't understand half the words they were getting me to say. And they didn't either. So we were just making our pronunciations. It was appalling. Brilliant. It was appalling. Yeah, like, yeah. Really, you can't do that. But we did it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks.
0: <laughs> right, let's give it a spin. Okay, here we go. Number 20. Do you have it? No, I don't. Number 20. The question is, uh, what's the? what do you think the biggest misconception about being an actor is?
1: uh apart from the fact that you're only an actor if you're on telly yeah um that you're outgoing probably sure or that we make money which we don't yeah um i think people expect you to be really outgoing um and i'm pretty good one on one but i really don't like groups and i really don't like new people <laughs> not that i don't like them i'm just not i'm not good at it
0: that's your autobiography i don't like new people i don't
1: like new people in fact i hate them all <laughs> um I think, yeah, that's probably it. I don't know. I haven't. I don't think I've come up a lot against misconceptions.
0: Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, like, it is... It, yeah, it is like that. It is a terrible question that people ask you. It's like, what would I know you from? And you're like, well, if you don't know me, you don't, you're not going to know me from... Yeah. So, like, if you don't know me, you're not going to know me.
1: And that's the end of it, like, yeah. Yeah. It's a horrible question.
0: Yeah. It's funny, especially because, like, sometimes now... Like yeah, it's, it's it's really interesting though because like it's obviously not coming from a bad place, but no. it, it is. It, I, I I always wonder what what questions do I ask people in other professions that like is their version of that, you know oh, what I mean? Yeah. I, like I wonder is is taxi drivers like uh, are you busy tonight? Like I've yeah. Like and, and I, does that just make them be like no? I'm really struggling and I'm, really I'm actually need it's really mortgage. hard. And
1: also you're the tenth person to ask me, so fuck off. Yeah. Yeah, I um. I don't know actually
0: do you tell taxi drivers that you're an actor if they ask
1: depends on my mood sure yeah it depends on if I'm up for it or not yeah
0: um, do you have a go to lie if you're gonna
1: uh, I probably do but I can't remember what it is yeah because can't afford taxis <laughs> <laughs> Um. what What else have I said i do oh I used to do a bit of styling event styling so I would mm. just say I did that
0: did you enjoy that
1: yeah I loved it mm. it was really creative I found it really fun um, but it's very competitive and and I've no training I'd have to go back and like do something Would you, would you ever see yourself going back and retraining
0: and doing something else?
1: Uh, ideally no is the answer but like I've definitely people have been having those conversations recently I think what David Kitt said a few weeks ago about moving out of Dublin and it being an issue for artists to live there I think that really struck a nerve so people I know are definitely having conversations about what are the other options? But no, I really... You know what? I don't want to do anything else. Yeah. I really don't. That's the real answer.
0: Well, I I didn't... Can you summarize what David Kitt was saying? I didn't get to... Did you not? No.
1: He basically made this statement on Twitter where he was saying that he was moving out of Dublin and the reason for it was was that he could no longer afford to live there as an artist. Okay. And it's to do with... It's the same... It's the same reason we have the homelessness issue is that uh, big businesses are getting tax breaks and they're getting deals to come and build here and... It means that it's not even poor people can't afford to live in Dublin. Literally normal people can't afford to live in Dublin. And artists certainly can't. Mm -hmm. So what do you do and where do you go? Do you like scrimp by? Do you get another part-time job? Another other part-time job? Or do you just move? And I hate that. I love Dublin. Yeah. I love
0: Dublin too. Yeah. It, 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 It actually, you know, it's not something that used to like... Frustrate me, but even since like I've been only living in Dublin like three years, and I th- I I'd, I'd say the average rents have like gone up by like 200 300 three hundred euro. I can't; it's too depressing. A month yeah. like th- that's tr- that's crazy
1: because because
0: the money that people earn has not moved. No, you know,
1: no, it's your minimum wage has like barely gone up. It, it's just so crazy.
0: Uh, yeah, well, well, like, and it, for a country who claims to be so proud of its artists, and we're so quick to you know to to look to. Like I don't know who who literally whoever the fuck it is whether it's like Hosier or yeah I mean like who, fucking whoever like we have so many incredible artists you can't even begin to name them but like we on on a ground level like there is no no care. we want them
1: to go to London be successful and then come back and say they're Irish that's what we want yeah that's what the government wants yeah there it is again. <laughs> no and it's true
0: it's true like and you know and we, we have a go when, when you know the, the British media claim Irish artists and rightly so because that's fucking disgusting as well but like at the same time like how many of Irish artists do have to go abroad to
1: yeah to so many even in terms of like actors we know that weren't getting work here get a job in London and are suddenly getting massive jobs in Ireland which they deserved in the first place yeah but it's that we need is, is it that we need our performers and our actors to be validated by another country before we recognise them ourselves it's it's kind of embarrassing is what it is
0: it's really embarrassing it's, not, yeah. it, it's a lack of like bravery I yeah. think shouldn't, you shouldn't be brave to just like see you know be able to see someone and like recognise something that apparently is very recognisable if people you know yeah. a- across a little bit of water and
1: writers as well like it's oh it's across the board yeah
0: yeah yeah, yeah big time right let's give it a spin here we go number eight Do you have it? No. No he's Number eight. The question is, (laughs) would you like to host The Late Late Show?
1: Uh, I don't think so. Okay.
0: You've never thought about it, I'm guessing. No, I've never thought about it. I don't think so. Yeah.
1: Maybe. It's a tough gig, like. It is a tough gig. It's very long. It is, and you have to be real charming, like, God love pac any like. Yeah. Like, Gabe Byrne was amazing. He was an amazing interviewer. Mm -hmm. He was really good at getting stuff out of people. Mm Mm-hmm. I think I'll be alright at it. I'm good at, like, one-on-ones. I'm yeah. good at getting information out of people. Yeah? I think so, yeah. No, yeah.
0: It's, it's a funny one, like, as in... Because I, I always feel so sorry for, like, when people, like... Do you know you see sometimes that on, like, Twitter or something? It's, like, Joe dot joe.ie or something will. uh Put the late late show lineup beside the Graham Norton show lineup, and uh, uh, and I'm like, like this is just not fair. Like Graham Norton has like an hour, and don't get me wrong, he's incredible at what he yeah. does, but like he also gets like way better guests. He has like one hour, not like two hours, and he doesn't have to deal with like Mary from Cara Savine sitting in the audience. He has to make banter with her. Do you know what I mean? Like, like
1: considering what we were just talking about, Graham Norton is a great example of that.
0: Perfect example. He's of that.
1: a perfect example. Apparently, my dad has this theory that. Uh, that Graham Norton learned a lot of what he does from Gay Byrne, and if you watch old footage of Gay Byrne alongside what Graham Norton does now, it's really similar. Really, that that's where he picked up a lot of it. Yeah, apparently.
0: Well, I mean, I'm sure. I assume you would have just grown up in Cork, like watching the late yeah. late show.
1: Yeah, I assume that's what you did. Yeah, you know what I mean. But I wonder is that an Irish thing? It's like Graham Norton, Terry Wogan, Gay Byrne—they're all amazing at that stuff. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, there
0: you go. Right, <laughs> Let's give it a spin. Here we go. Number 56. Do you have it? No.
1: 53.
0: Okay. I feel I'm relaxing again. <sighs> I know. I can see it. Um, if you were to have a child, would you bring them up with religion?
1: Uh, that's a really tricky one for me. Um, so My parents are really Catholic. Mm. Really Catholic. And they're amazing. And I love them. And they're brilliant people. And they're really liberal in some ways. And not in others. Um, And I can see how we were brought up really Catholic. I can see how... Being brought up Catholic, or at least in the structure of it, was really beneficial for for me and my brothers in certain ways. And at the same time, like, I think the concept of faith is really useful and it's really important and it really serves something. Particularly in a, like, a very individualistic society, I think it definitely serves a purpose. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, the actual church is rotten and rancid on the inside. Uh so I I really don't know the answer to that. Mm. And then there's all stuff like god like my parents would be so disappointed if like and I'm the only girl. Uh so like if we didn't do like baptisms and marriages and churches and stuff like that. I don't I don't know. I'd have to really think about it and I uh, the answer is no probably, but it would be really difficult. Yeah. I don't know like and at the same time like having gone through all that stuff I have a real respect for religion now and I I really like that about myself actually I really think that's a really I think those things are to be respected in their own particular ways and and it definitely made me less judgmental and more aware of like community and stuff like that I don't know the answer is no but I I struggle with it yeah it's complicated
0: it's interesting that like the defining factor that seems to be the the, the the main struggle doesn't seem to be internal it seems to be external and it's about my parents yeah very much so yeah and so when you know because you were saying that they're very liberal in some ways and not in others on those things that they're not I don't know specifically what you're mm-hmm. referring to I can have an idea What? how do you approach those conversations do you approach those conversations do you say that's your thing this is my thing or do you feel a duty to try and influence them
1: uh, we definitely had over the last two years three years mm-hmm. when was gay marriage yeah. My uh, well, anyway, with the last two referendums, we had a couple of very complicated conversations. But, like, in all fairness to my parents, and again, it's probably because of growing up in a very political household, debates are not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Like, they're important, and you you need to be able to fight your corner, and you, you better know the shit out of what you're talking about. Because if you don't, you'll get eaten alive. Mm. And they're really open to that, and so we're really good at having really uncomfortable conversations and then parking them. Uh, which is sometimes great and sometimes hard. So, yeah... Um, they're open to conversation and minds can be changed. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Certain things were shiftable. Certain things weren't. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Mm. And I kind of love them for that. I love that. I love that they were very open to having their minds changed. And at the same time, I love them for knowing their own morals and knowing what they believe in and considering the facts on either side of certain things and, and making their choices as adults. And that's what a fucking democracy is.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um. So yeah, yeah. It's a uh, like it's hard, but yeah. We've time for one more. All right. Can we have like a more cheerful, <laughs> less? It's <laughs> <Less laughs> all about the bingo machine, man. angry political one. It's in the hands of the gods. I'll just manifest us. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Pull a fucking tarot card over there, you. <laughs> Houdini.
1: Fucking tarot card, you.
0: Uh, all right, number thirty-seven. Do you have it? No. Uh, there you go. Number thirty-seven. Uh, oh this is kind of a nice way to end it on Uh, who is the person who makes you laugh the hardest
1: John Doran yeah Uh, he's the funniest person I've ever met in my whole life yeah 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 that's like an absolute no brainer yeah I think he's hysterical yeah he's probably he is probably my answer as well yeah except now he lives not in Dublin so that's not as much yeah Um, he's back and forth he is yeah
0: it's nice yeah and he's doing very good work over in Edinburgh
1: he's the best boy
0: doing all the things yeah yeah he ma- makes me laugh very hard
1: he's very funny yeah he's really really funny I'm trying to think if there's anyone else that was the immediate answer so I guess not yeah sorry lads it's a good answer <laughs> sorry pals it's a good answer oh Peter McGann
0: Peter McGann very very funny
1: yeah he's also very funny
0: all the funny all the funny guys Um. okay do me a favour Doing mm. loads of stuff in the next few uh, weeks and yeah. months, so will you do me a favor and try um, tell us where they are, where we can find them, all that good stuff.
1: Yes, so I'm working on Billy, written by Alice Maltseed and Sarah Gordon, in the Dublin Fringe Festival from the 17th to the 22nd at 6:30 p.m. in the Boys' School, um, and that's gonna be a great crack. It's about um, capitalism and IKEA and why we buy stuff to make ourselves feel better, and it's good crack and it's obviously brilliant um, and then in the theatre festival I'm working with a really deadly Dutch artist called Nicolina van I can't say her surname mm. uh, but that's in the theatre festival and that's going to be on Wood Key on the 13th and 14th of October Excuse and before that I'm travelling to Austria with her to perform abroad with that Great. there you go now, that's it
0: Unbelievable, on in the air, thanks for playing first bingo. Thanks very much Sam Hi, guys. So that was Arne and Ilyra playing Personality Bingo with Tom Warren. A massive thank you to you, you for taking the time to do it. You're an absolute gem, and I always love when we get to sit down and have the chats. Um, as I said, I'm away doing the interrailing. and um, Hopefully, I'm not dead. ba ba da ba da ba da da Few thank yous, of course, to the brilliant Erin Lindsay for mixing, editing and producing the podcast. As always, this wouldn't be possible without her and all her hard work. She is incredible. A huge thank you to the brilliant Liam Moore and Anthony Manley for the deadly theme music, to Connor Nolan for the exceptional artwork, and as always to Alan Bennett and Paddy O'Leary for having us as part of the Head Stuff podcast family Uh, it's such a lovely place to be and I know the lads have some really exciting plans Um, when I get back from Interrail in a couple of weeks uh, we're sitting down and um, we're talking about the future with all the podcasters together uh, in a big lovely podcast uh, hug of a meeting Um, and it's going to be absolutely excellent I was thinking about the Interrail trip it can go one of two ways for me I think it's going to go the way of I'm going to You know, go solo, meet loads of incredible people, be super sociable. You know, come back with like a hundred new friends from different parts of the world, have loads of networks to travel in the future. Or else I'll just listen to fucking loads of podcasts. I'll be so caught up in podcasts, like, because I'll just live with my earphones in my head because no one else will talk to me. Um, So it can go one of two ways, but I'm sure you'll hear all about it next week when Manus Halligan plays Personality Bingo with Tom Moore.